Welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. You better believe it. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So you can visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Also, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to need your oil change and your tire service. So you might as well get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. That was a big niff. That was. Big niff. I haven't it's talked about niff. that hard. Haven't niffed in a while. Been trying to focus on it, but here we be. <laughs> that was a big niff. Uh, emergency podcast tonight, as we have giant news happening in the world of football, and it worked better with our schedule. So here we are on a Wednesday night. We appreciate you uh, listening and joining us, uh, following along on all of our social channels, everything that you do for the good folks here at Miked Up. The emergency episode: Tom Brady retires once again. This time, he says it is for good. I'm not a hundred percent convinced. That I believe this yet, but I, I guess I'm happy for him. Yeah, and it seems like he's more content with the, you know, the decision this time. I don't know if "content" is the right word. Maybe at ease with it, more comfortable with the decision. But I also really feel like he misses his family too, and that hit him a little bit harder than he might have realized during the season. Especially when you have those home games and you're not on the road and you're just sitting in this probably giant mansion or an apartment or wherever he was without your family. And we all know about him going through the divorce this year and how that kind of changed things, especially with him deciding to retire and then going, ah, actually, I think I'm going to go back to the league. And we all cracked the jokes like, oh, man, Tom Brady hates, you know, hates being home with the kids and stuff. He needs to go back to work, da 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 But at the same time, I think everything just kind of hit Tom Brady, too, where he realized, like, you know, I'm just, I'm really not having fun this year. Yeah. Well, and even we've seen Aaron Rodgers, and we'll talk about him a little bit later, too. Uh, come out and, and say things like, you know, you have to question, do you love the grind of it? Do you love going to the practices and all the, the other stuff that happens throughout the year? Do you love being in the meetings? Because in the NFL, if you don't love that stuff and you're not committed to it, you are going to fail. And honestly, I think we kind of saw that with both those guys yeah. this year, uh, where it did seem like time started to catch up with both of them. They're still great. Uh, they're going to be starters in the, in the NFL if they want to be. But I do think that we saw them start to regress, and that's that's every athlete. Yeah, it's inevitable. It just it took forever for it to happen with Tom Brady and with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's kind of one of those deals where he could probably continue to do it physically if he wanted to, but maybe his mind and, and heart's just not in it anymore. I also do wonder if it's just, hey, I don't want to go through a rebuild here in Green Bay. I'm too old for mm-hmm. this. It, with Tom Brady, I I wonder. You mentioned you know him missing his family. He has that massive deal with Fox. Yeah. It's like, when does this man, when is he going to officially join Fox, who has the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. It, he will not be calling the Super Bowl. That would yeah. just be silly. But, but I, I bet he's involved in some way, though. I would love to see him on the desk doing Yeah, doing some kind of pregame stuff. Or, could you, like, Tom Brady breaking down these NFL offenses and the weaknesses of defenses and stuff from either team? Mm-hmm. We, I mean... I'll just be blunt about it. The boner that everybody would have <laughs> listening to that would be 10 times the size of what it was when we thought Tony Rummel had it figured out. And mm-hmm. CBS is going to be like, 
damn, we messed up taking Tony. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good. Now, I also don't know how long Tony Romo's going to last because it took a long time for me to be done with him. But I'll be honest, I am done with him. And yeah. I feel like by the time, you know, not that I speak for everybody, but I feel like once I reach the point of being done with somebody, it feels like everyone else Well, everybody's is starting to realize it. I mean, even just watching those games uh, on Sunday, mm-hmm. it, everybody's starting to realize it and pick up on it. Like, Tony Romo is not good. Yeah, he had one little thing about. that he could do, and that was predicting plays. And then I even think that people started to realize, like, that's not special. Mm-hmm. That's just what a quarterback or anybody who's played in the NFL can do. They're so because they're so good at diagnosing what's mm-hmm. going on. Like, get a defensive player up there doing it, being like, "Oh, they better check to this run." Or, you know, they can do that stuff. And then with Tony Romo, he's just—he's not. Like, you've said it before. He's kind of blowing his load early. He's giving you everything that he knows in the first quarter. And then he doesn't know what to talk about. He's just making noises. It's like he doesn't know how to break down a play quick enough for, you know, like the viewers. And it's something that, like, Dan Orlovsky is so, you know, we'll hear Greg Olson do it. We'll hear Troy Aikman do it. Like, it's just those are the guys that you see break down a play and tell you, like, hey, this is, you know, what happened and why this took place. And with Tony Romo, it's like you just get, like, a, he, like he asked, he's asking questions to Jim Nance. And it's like, why does Jim Nance have to have the answer to that? That's why you're getting paid a million dollars this week to talk about this. Like, you should have the answer instead of like, oh, Jim, what do you think they're going to do here? I don't know, Tony. It's third and eight. I hope they fucking throw yeah, it. I'm the one who's supposed to ask you that question, yeah. dumbass. <laughs> I, I almost feel bad for Jim Nance, too. I feel like there, was, there were times last week where he was almost getting annoyed with Tony Romo. He felt that way across the TV, so I'm glad I wasn't the only one that mm-hmm. noticed that. Yeah, and, uh, of course, the, the big games that we did not talk about, the Eagles and the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, as we predicted. Yeah, I mean, look at us go. Uh-huh. Just fortune and tellers. Here's the thing. I feel bad for 49ers fans because, once again, you deal with a quarterback getting injured. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I thought was weird is it was a UCL injury, and the only other quarterback in the NFL that has an injury like that is uh, Nick Mullins who was also a quarterback for the 49ers when Garoppolo got hurt. He stepped in, and mm-hmm. that was his elbow. But a lot of people have been talking about, like, is there a 49ers curse? Mm-hmm. I know we were talking about it. I was like, is this back to, like, the Steve Young stuff? Mm-hmm. It, but then our guy Brooks uh, messaged us. And was like, is this a Colin Kaepernick curse? Because after Colin Kaepernick, they have not had a good quarterback in there. And Think about just one before that, Alex Smith. Yeah. Alex Smith led them all the way to the NFC Championship game pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then Colin Kaepernick takes over. I think it was maybe the divisional round. Kaepernick takes over in the championship round, leads them to the Super Bowl, and then they just stuck with Kaepernick and they moved on from Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. He then goes to Kansas City, who has had nothing but success since. Yeah. Like, I get the Colin Kaepernick deal. Mm-hmm. I think it's Alex Smith. It does feel that there's something going on. I like curses. I don't know if I actually believe in them, but I like them. It's fun to, like, conspiracize with, you know. Yeah, trying to figure out what was Kansas City's for the longest time. Well, you just needed someone to come in that was setting to curse someone else. Uh huh. Yeah. And then Patrick Mahomes is the curse breaker. Hopefully, he will be the first quarterback since Kurt Warner to win the MVP and a Super Bowl. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's all I can think about. And I know you've been saying reason. this for like three years now. That's the whole reason why I've never said like Patrick Mahomes is going to win another MVP is because motherfucker got to win a Super Bowl. But I'll tell you what, if he wins the Super Bowl and he's inevitably, inevitably he's going, he's to, going win to win the MVP. MVP. Yeah, like here's the thing, <laughs> I'm not going to shut up about it. <laughs> like, it's just it's freaking incredible. And it, you've, I've reached a point with Patrick Mahomes where. I just, like, I'm in so much awe that I don't know how to talk about it. Because last year, you know, after the AFC Championship game, we sat down 
and we both agreed, like, hey, this is probably the one time that we can look at Patrick Mahomes and say, like, he played a bad game. And he might be the reason why the Chiefs lost, you know, the AFC Championship game last year. You get into overtime, you try to force a throw, it gets intercepted. Joe Burrow takes him, what, 15, 20 yards, and then McPherson comes in and kicks a game-winning field goal. Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. And so it's like that situation afterwards in the second half last season where we go, hey, this, this falls on Mahomes. He comes in this year, new receiving core, rookies playing on defense all over the place. Leads him to the AFC Championship game, mm-hmm. going to win MVP, back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's insane. It really it is. And I I hope Kansas City fans appreciate what they have in Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Like to, to be able to watch what he's doing and the way that he's playing is phenomenal. And I hope like other fans from other teams, like, you know, you I know you're going to hate it and everyone's going to be looking at the Chiefs as the bad guys and how the NFL is rigged for it. I remember hating the Patriots and thinking the NFL was rigged for them to go to multiple Super Bowls. And then I finally just reached a point. I think it was after the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl against the Patriots, of course, where they come back in the second half. So it's like, that's probably the most incredible thing I've ever watched with my own two eyes here. And it's like, that's Tom Brady drip. Like, that that was led by Tom Brady. He is the best. Like, there's, there's no reason for me to hate him when I can sit here and just ultimately respect him. And I hope other fans can do that with Patrick Mahomes because once you do that, then you realize, like, hey, this is like you just appreciate the greatness that you are literally watching take place right in front of you on the TV. Yeah, and it's still so early in his career. He's what, 27. And I haven't fact checked this, but someone did tell me this week that Patrick Mahomes on that third and four, that third and six run that he had on the scramble where he gets shoved out of bounds, he hit 18 miles an hour, and that's the fastest he's ran all season. <laughs> And if that is true, and he did that on a bum ankle with the tongue out like Jordan. I didn't see that. Yeah. The tongue out thing. Yep. He does get the Jordan comp, yeah. which I mean, we've heard I'm a Jordan guy, that. so I like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've heard the story that after Brett Beach, you know, kind of made the pick from a home zero, hey, like, hey, we got fucking Michael Jordan right here. And you hear that at the time, you're like, yeah, like, whatever. But yeah, the Michael Jordan of football. Yeah. alert. Like I said, I love both those guys, so I, I'm on board with that comp. Mm-hmm. Back to like Tom Brady, though. Like Tom Brady is the GOAT. And uh, the Super Bowls, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still six Super Bowls away from tying Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Which is absolutely ridiculous. So I, I don't think that he will ever catch Tom Brady in that. Like yards, maybe, but we also got to remember Tom Brady played until he was 45. So I, I mean, he missed a lot of those records are going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Once, yeah, as once a starter, twenty-one year career. Mm-hmm. One time as a starter, he missed the playoffs. Seven Super Bowls. I don't even know how many MVPs. Well, he went to what? Fucking ten of them? Nine of them? Was it ten? Yeah, I mean, some of those numbers just will never be touched. And that's like, that's kind of like the same thing, like LeBron James too. And not to go, you know, to that debate there, but like. For someone to reach LeBron James and the stats that he's going to achieve in his career and, you know, playoff scoring and everything like that is going to be insane to see. And it's going to be the same thing with Tom Brady here. But everyone does say, too, like, ooh, records are meant to be broken. That's one. These seem very untouchable. Yeah, like some of the most untouchable in sports. Like, I mean, to just even play that long. And that's why with Mahomes, like, I'm good with the Jordan comp because Jordan doesn't have the most uh, points scored. Jordan doesn't have the most NBA titles or anything like that. I think there are a lot of things that Tom Brady is going to have. But I I think when we're looking at it at the end of Mahomes' career, when we look at his resume, I think he has a chance to be the greatest of all time just because Brady doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not making the big flashy plays. He's he's not the most accurate quarterback. He's, I mean, he's wonderful. 
Could we look at this and be like, hey, Tom Brady's Bill Russell? Exactly. That's, Michael Jordan? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It, it, maybe that feels like a little bit of a slight towards Tom Brady, and I don't mean it that way. Yeah, I, and I wouldn't even argue. Like if somebody were you know, having this conversation in a bar even, and they said, no, absolutely not. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Okay, I'm not going to try to change your mind. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm more firm on that than I am. Um, you know, just about any other thing. Like even like the LeBron Michael Jordan debate is closer than Tom Brady being the goat. But I am saying at the end of Patrick Mahomes' career, assuming it continues to progress the way that he is, and he's going to get a second MVP, he might get a second Super Bowl, uh, and the endorsement deals too is another oh thing with gosh, you know Jordan. Is he, I mean he was everywhere. And I think that that is a thing too with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I remember being pretty local here in Missouri when he first became the starter and he had that MVP season, seeing all these little white kids getting perms and cutting their hair to look like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that maybe I'm wrong. You didn't see with Tom Brady. No. And like Tom Brady's dating supermodels and, you know, looks like kind of a, like a fat nerdy goof. And then it's like, all of a sudden he's, you know, gets with Giselle and then Mary Giselle has a kid and it's like, now I eat avocado ice cream and I have a trainer that's with me all the time. And it's TB 12 method. And, Da, 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 da. And I, I do mean, love Tom Brady. Wind of his career. Yeah, I mean, do, do not want to come off as a slight. To I him. would love to meet Tom Brady sometime in my life. How am I going to do that? I really have no. And way I do. I think he's going to be great on TV as oh. well. I know a lot of people question it. Like, why would you give him this opportunity? One, because that's the job. That's yeah. the market. Is that you do have to be early in on these guys? And Fox was not the only person going after Tom Brady. He just took probably the biggest deal, or maybe the you know what he felt like was the best deal. Mm-hmm. I do wonder how Jay Cutler or Philip Rivers would be on TV. Like those are the two guys I still think about. Like Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. if someone could pull him out of high school coaching, and I think that was something his dad did as well, and just something he absolutely loves doing there in Alabama. It would be those guys would be so good on TV. Like he'd be mm-hmm. a thousand times better than Dan Fouts. Yeah, in my mind, like a former Charger quarterback, you know, doing a broadcast. But then even with Jay Cutler, because he had the deal with Fox, and then went back to be a Dolphin. What was it, $10 million? Like, oh, hey, totally understand that actually deuces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think, uh, on TV. I think it would be fun. I think Jay Cutler's doing all right for himself. Yeah. Feels like it. I mean, he, that man made so much money. At one point, I think he was the highest paid court, the highest paid player in the NFL. Yeah, he when he signed that. bum afterwards and his wife left him because he yeah. made so much money. <laughs> right? And I think Papa Phil would be good too. They're just, they're good characters. I wonder what Jay Cutler, because he comes across so boring sometimes. Just so dry that he's almost boring. But Philip Rivers, I do think, would be a good one on TV. It's crazy that, you know, we're at an end of an era, really. Like now, officially, I think we already were, but like now that Brady is retired, you know, you have Manning gone, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, like all these guys that were great in this era. Now they are all officially gone and it is it's weird to see especially for me like this i was a kid when tom brady was coming up which is crazy i'm a grown-ass man now and so to see tom brady uh be gone it's it's kind of different you'll never get that rivalry with a guy like peyton manning again because brady is gone but watching guys like philip rivers come up and then I mean, hell, Philip Rivers was drafted after Tom Brady and retired before him. And you see the same thing, you know, even Drew Brees, like I said, Peyton Manning in there. And now looking at the quarterbacks that are out there, there are a lot of great ones. 
I think that we're ushering in a new era where the game is in good hands. It's not like when we saw Michael Jordan retire and we're like, oh, no. Yeah. Who's going to take over? Like, we already know. Yeah. It's, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Joe Burrow. It's Josh Allen. There are a lot of great quarterbacks. And then, you know, Jalen Hurts already leading his team to a Super Bowl is, is another great move, too. But, uh, you know, looking at some of these other quarterbacks, uh, just peek ahead to the Hall of Fame. J.J. Watt and Tom Brady going in together. I'm not big on like, ooh, I want to go see the speeches. Yeah. Those two are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. They are both wildly entertaining. Yep. That's, those are going to be great speeches as well. That's like, it's already, it's a great class. Yeah. I, if you, if you retired last year or the year before, you're just like, damn, I hope I get in first ballot because there's two spots right there that are sure fire first yeah. ballot Hall of Famers. Uh, I mean, who was it last year? Ben Roethlisberger. He's clear. I think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Ah, he's got the off field though. I think that's not to disrespect it, but I think mm-hmm. in the mind of media members, that's kind of been forgotten or just over. It, it has been kind of forgotten. I do yeah. wonder if it comes back and it keeps him from being a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. with you know how things work sometimes. Um, I did see a picture today where it's like you know my childhood is over in a sense because Tom Brady retires. And it was, you know, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, like that, those era quarterbacks, they're all, Drew Brees as well, excuse me, like are all, they're all done now, you know? And so it's just, holy smokes, like, yeah, my childhood has retired from the NFL. Like everyone now is my age or younger in the league and just absolutely dominated. And that's where, like, even looking at Aaron Rodgers and his situation, I think Aaron Rodgers is so petty that he won't want to share the stage with Tom Brady. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of happy that he is because I don't want those two. I want them each to have their own moment. They See, I don't that. care at all about Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think he's done. I think this is another one of these deals where – You think it's a Brett Favre move? 100%. And even his comment that he made on the show – are you ready to get to this, to this part of the show – the comments that he made on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday where it was like, ah, you know, there's some conversations that are taking place that I'm not a part of. And it made me wonder, like, did he mean that in the way of, like, hey, these conversations are taking place in the building about the future of the Green Bay Packers and I'm not included in that? Or they're just conversations going on in the building and they're not asking his input. That's where I was, like, kind of wondering, you know, trying to cipher how Am I wrong for saying means, I hate that? I do, too, because, like, at the same time, like – as much as I get how Aaron Rodgers probably feels about that, I was like, dude, these guys are getting paid a ton of money to do their job. And that's something that we talked about when, you know, the Packers drafted Aaron Love. or Jordan me, Love? Jordan Love, thank you. Combining their names there. Is it was like, hey, like, these guys at some point need to move on because Aaron Rodgers had just dealt with an injury and it was coming up. He's an older quarterback contract coming up as well. Hey, we dropped this, you know, trade up to get this kid. Back-to-back MVPs, we'll take it. But at the same time, it's like, now we've got to pay this rookie quarterback. We're going to decide what we're going to do with him. Let's give him a chance. I do, I do think the era of Aaron Rodgers is over in Green Bay. And I think that's okay. It probably should be. Yeah. That's kind of where I lean towards. But, you know, with the whole, like, oh, conversations are happening. At what point did players, like, get this mentality that, like, decisions can't be made without me? Because mm-hmm. it's been over the last, what, like, maybe 10 years? I mean, not too long ago, but I, I feel like now it's in the NFL. Like it's in been NBA, in the NBA for a yeah. long time. Now it's in the NFL. Like, oh, I get to say on who the coach is. Again, we've seen it in the NBA for a long time. And I, the NBA is a different beast. Yeah. If you do have a superstar, usually you're competitive. 
or you're the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> but I don't like your quarterback shouldn't have a say. When has it actually worked out? Yeah, when to has give it your quarterback out, I mean, an opinion. Like Even, Russell Wilson with the Broncos right now, like he wants Sean Payton does the recruiting, gets him, says, "Hey, I know I need to be fixed. Will you help fix me?" What if Sean Payton can't fix him and gets pissed off in the middle of the year? Or even before that, like the let Russ cook. Yeah. Okay, you did it, and it went bad. Or, you know, some of the stuff with Aaron Rodgers, like, oh, I just need these weapons. Man, you've got weapons. You wanted to bring back guys like Randall Cobb. (laughs) When you've got the Packers drafting, like A.J. Dillon has been very good. That was a good draft pick. And some of these other guys, they've been good draft picks. Or even our Kansas City Chiefs drafted a running back in the first round because the quarterback wanted one. That's a bust. That's a miss. There's a reason why these guys are the athletes, not the GMs yet. Yep. Or even you know, looking at LeBron, I think LeBron has held himself back from being a better basketball player Which because he can't crazy. build a team. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, we get it. You want to play with your friends. I think it happened one time in Miami, and everyone's like, "Oh, going to listen to him." And like maybe that's you know the crutch he's sitting on too. Is like I did in Miami. Look how it worked out. I also think that in Miami it was just like, yeah, you just took three of the best players in the NBA and put them on the same team. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't matter what you do well and like the chemistry of it all. You just took three all-stars, three of the best at their position, put them on the same team, and then added Ray Allen and some other amazing (laughs) players. Yeah. And then LeBron was like, I'm the best GM ever. (laughs) Le GM. Uh Uh-huh. It it didn't really work out. So with Aaron Rodgers, like I don't know. Maybe it's a Brett Favre thing. I mean, he was in the building. He did see all of it go down with Brett Favre. And maybe that is just subconsciously or consciously in his head of, yeah, I'm going to do that. You know, I, I saw it work for Brett. I'm going to do that, too. I don't want to go to training camp. Yeah. I, I, he's probably sitting there knowing, like, yes, I'm 100% going to play. I'm going to drag it out all summer because I'm not doing these OTAs or, you know, any of this other stuff that I'm supposed to do in the offseason. I'm just going to sit here and say, no, there's still a lot of pieces that I'm considering or whatever the bullshit quote was that he had. Again, not an Aaron Rodgers guy, but I, I don't think that he will retire. This year either. I think that he will go back to the Packers. And it just it's going to be so tough to trade him. As funny as it would be to watch him go to the Jets, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he comes back for one more year. Part of it doesn't want to share the Hall of Fame with Tom Brady. But I think he does probably have that drive to not want to end it the way he did. Yeah. Which can be a very bad decision. Like it could get bad, bad next year. Mm-hmm. But I think in his mind, he's even said it, like I can win an MVP again. I think in his mind it's I'm coming back for a redemption tour. We'll see how it goes. That's a that's a risky move for older guys. Do you think it happens in Green Bay though? I think he comes back to Green Bay for one year. And then I want him gone, man. I just I want him to leave because I want to see what Jordan Love can do in Green Bay, and also I just really want to see Detroit possibly win that division next year. <laughs> see, and I'm this is where I'm weird. Green Bay fans are probably mad at me as I shit on Aaron Rodgers. I want to see Jordan Love be really good. Yeah, like I want to see that. Like, give him another twenty years of having a good quarterback. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think Green Bay looks wonderful. Never been there. I think it looks great on TV. Carry on that tradition. Give them 60 years of good quarterback play. So yeah. be it. Don't care. Congratulations, Titletown. Here we go. <laughs> I just don't want to see Aaron Rodgers be good. <laughs> I do wonder what would happen if he went with the, with the Jets. Because Robert Sala does have that defense ready to rock and roll. They do have receiving weapons. Mm-hmm. They do have two good running backs. You clearly need to help your offensive line this offseason. 
But we've seen general managers do that. And, you know, I I wonder what Poles is going to do in Chicago as well because that's clearly what they need to fix mm-hmm. while also adding to the defense. Rumor came out today, like, hey, we're actually going to stick with Justin Fields as a quarterback. We're going to trade the number one pick. No shit, you're sticking with yeah, Justin duh. Fields as your quarterback. But, like, the teams that need to fix their offensive lines, clearly those are the first two that come to my mind. But if Aaron Rodgers does get to the Jets, again, it reminds me of the possibility – what could happen is the possibility of with Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. Where you look at the team, you're like, oh, man, just really don't kind of see it. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, here he is. Yeah. And they on their offensive line picks in the draft. Here comes Tom Brady. I feel Brady. better about that Jets roster than I did the Bucks roster before 100%. Tom Brady, you know, uh, because we all we were, we're looking at that. And they, they did a good job of hitting on, like, Tristan Wirfs, mm-hmm. plug-and-play right tackle who's like an all-pro level guy. But I, I think the Jets are super close, too, and with some draft picks this year. Adding a guy, maybe it's not even Aaron Rodgers, but you know, there are a lot of really good veteran quarterbacks. Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. I was going to say, another guy that we've seen in at least some jersey swap edits is Lamar Jackson. And I, I still stand by it. There's absolutely no way this can happen. Moving on from Lamar Jackson, but damn, it would be fun. Not obviously, If you're a Ravens fan, I'm sure that you want to keep him, but damn, it would be fun to see like a 26 year old quarterback with an MVP under his belt. Mm-hmm. Move. Have you seen any reports about Eric Bieniemy being interested in mm-hmm. the Ravens job? Yep. The Ravens being interested in Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I do wonder how that would work out. I I hope we find out. I will say that. Yeah. Or you know who else is interviewing for head coaching jobs? Mike Kafka. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. We, you know what? We do need to talk about that because that's a guy that I've been rooting for to be the you know the future head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs when Andy Reid retires. And actually, someone asked me that today. I was like, Hey, you know what's going? How much longer is Andy Reid going to be around? Like three years, but I don't like. Let's say they won the Super Bowl. I was going to say, but let's say he wins the Super Bowl on a a high note, and then literally, who do you bring? Who is the next head coach if that happens? For the love of God, not Eric Bieniemy. Also, for the love of God, not Matt Nagy. No, gonna be Spagnola. No, I don't. I wouldn't think it would be any of those guys. I hope not. Honestly, who would you hire? Out if you're giving me those three options, Nagy, because it was pretty bad in Chicago, but. I don't think it should be the enemy, and I don't think it will. Spagnola probably not going to work. You almost have to go outside mm-hmm. the Chiefs organization. But, but then it's like you do want Mahomes' input because he has mm-hmm. such a strong relationship with Andy Reid, and we've seen how that works out. We've seen how the players rally around Andy mm-hmm. Reid and want him to have that success. And how pissed would Sean Payton be? Or you know, a lot of other coaches like, hey, I, you know, I took this job. I guess there haven't been very many, but I, I think the Chiefs' job opening up really changes everything. Oh, if they get, like, Sean Payne's like, actually, deuces. I, I didn't sign. New Orleans, got him in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, but I, let's just assume, and not anything against Eagles fans, let's assume for a second that Andy Reid does win another Super Bowl. I think he's done. I, I, I don't think I would blame him either. By the end of the month, I, I don't think that he takes very long at all to say, nope, I'm good. I got another one. I'm, got, I'm getting older. I'm going to go retire and eat as many cheeseburgers as I want. I, I, <laughs> I'm very confident in saying if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Andy Reid is retiring. To do it I against the Eagles. I the players know that. One last ride. Last uh, exactly, dance. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, like, we're just we've not talked about it. I mean, it definitely could be a possibility. And who would replace him? I have no idea. Because I think even like, you know, saying Mike Kafka, it's like, oh, he might be a little young for it. You know, I was kind of open to mm-hmm. another couple of years down the road for the game. Yes, I mean, especially for that job. It's the best job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think you could probably even pull away a, a lot of good, talented coaches. Sean McVay. I was going to say, you, you think you could put in a call to Sean McVay, and he'd be like, nope, I'm going to stay here with Matt Stafford. That's what Cliff Kingsbury's waiting on. I went to Thailand to wait for Andy Reid to retire. Y'all are going to forget about me while I'm over here. I'm coming back. I would be livid. Me too. <laughs> livid. Me Same with Eric Bieniemy, though. I would be very, very upset if they made him the head coach. And the reason, like, I don't want anyone thinking, like, oh, my God, why do these guys hate Eric Bieniemy? It's because it doesn't feel like the players rally around Eric Bieniemy anymore like they used to a couple years ago when he was going through those first round of interviews for a head coach position. When you look on the sidelines in games, who's sitting there ne next to Patrick Mahomes talking to him? Andy Reid or Matt Nagy? Last week was the first time I have noticed from a TV camera angle Eric Bieniemy sitting on the bench talking to Patrick Mahomes, and I immediately texted you. I was yep. like, hey, uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh -huh. Yeah, finally. Took the AFC Championship. Happened, it felt like one of those deals where even Patrick Mahomes was surprised by it. And deep down, I like to think that Eric Bieniemy walked over there and was like, hey, I know we've had our issues all year. Let's just look. Let's get rid of that. We're having issues with our offense right now. What do you want to run? What do you want to call? Let's figure it out so we don't have the same thing happen that last year. And Patrick Mahomes was like, okay. I'm on board with you. This is what I want to do. And boom, they did it. And that's why the Chiefs won. Deep down, I like to think that was a conversation that took place on the bench right then and there from that five-second clip I saw on CBS. Mm -hmm. But it was probably more just like, yeah, let's do our job. Yeah. I still hate your guts. Let's do our job. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it would be the most attractive job in probably all of sports. Maybe that's two Chiefs fans being a little bit biased. Like Zach Taylor's not leaving where he is to go to Kansas mm -hmm. City. Do you Belichick's want an offensive not. Mind or do you, would you go with defense? I mean, he's got to be an offensive guy, right? I would think they would they would go so offensive. Like, uh, Flores probably not going to be an option, but mm -hmm. no, probably not. I don't. They'll start. Let's get crazy. Bill Parcells get crazy. Retirement. You go to Kyle Shanahan and you say, "Hey, bud, we got the quarterback. You figure out everything else, bro." Boner alert. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I mean, if you're Kyle Shanahan, My cheeks hurt. I'm smiling now, so hard. Kyle Shanahan, his dad was a 49er guy, so maybe that is even like a no. I wouldn't do it. Coach the Broncos, yeah. He would be my first call if I were the Kansas City Chiefs. Would you give up a first rounder for him? I would. Yeah, hell yeah. Two? I give two. I would. I would give two first round picks. You're picking at 32 anyway. Damn, you're right. <laughs> what if Kyle Shanahan's cursed? Can't win Yikes. Atlanta. Can't win in San Francisco. I mean, he might be, or even just like. Maybe you give him a phone call and be like, hey, you got your eye on any assistant coaches? Like, <laughs> no who's joke, the man. next guy that's going to come what up? What is he, 43 years old and he's got one of the best coaching trees in the league right now? Mm -hmm. it is, I don't think Sean McVay actually is like officially on his coaching tree, but he was like, he worked under him. Shanahan was the OC and McVay was the quarterback coach, I believe. In Washington, right? Mm hmm. So that's another one that's, that's kind of interesting. All those guys there together. How was Washington bad? Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Zach Taylor. You really want to know Matt LaFleur. Because RG3 didn't know how to just not take a hit. And that offense crumbled. Yeah. yeah. I say you know why. Truly the answer. You know what you did. <laughs> Why'd you do that? You know That's, that would be my first call. That would be Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, another one that I would mention, but it's just he wouldn't pick up the phone. Mike Tomlin. I so I actually I thought of him, but I was like, "There's no way he leaves Pittsburgh." Probably. So that's why I said like Flores, because he was mm -hmm. there, and oh, he's there now, I guess. But that's where my mind was going. So I'm glad we're on the same thought process. I think those are the top two guys in the league right now. Uh, Belichick is staying where he is. Mm -hmm. Andy Reid, in this hypothetical, is retiring. Hey, uh, we, you know, we're going to pull the Indianapolis Colts here. We're going to get a former player, Alex Smith. How you doing, Bob? <laughs> 
You want to go be head coach and lead these men? <laughs> Jeff Saturday. Chad, Chad Haney. You know, I won't just retreat this like baseball. You go for being a former catcher, now you're right. general manager, backup quarterback, now you're a coach. That would be incredible. <laughs> Shit. Mike Vrabel would be another one that I like, but honestly, uh, he's not ready for that. Doug Peterson would be the right answer. I was thinking about that one earlier, too. He seems like he's got it going on in Jacksonville. So I'd say deuces to Jacksonville <laughs> in a heartbeat. So, so quickly. Yeah. So Screw you, Trevor I would Lawrence. see the Kansas City area code and start typing up my resignation letter. <laughs> Before I even picked up or answered the phone, I would. Especially knowing the that owner, I quit. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of Chiefs talk. I, I think it's great what the Eagles are doing. As well. And Nick Sirianni, he's got a Super Bowl team, so don't need to even mention him in that hypothetical either. Uh, we did mention Sean Payton, though. It's official. He is going to Denver. I feel like that news was today or yesterday, and it just got completely overshadowed by the Tom Brady stuff. Uh, what? Was it yes? What the hell? What the hell? What the? God damn it, Bobby. It was like late last night or early this morning. I don't remember. Maybe. I think it was, yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I think uh-huh. it might have been yesterday. I think it was Tuesday. Uh, Sean Payton, no, going to the Denver Broncos, uh, like we talked about earlier. I I think Russell Wilson is so bad that this move as a Kansas City Chiefs fan doesn't make me nervous. I think it's a great hire. Swing big, try to get him. You only have to give up a first-round pick. Apparently, Denver hates the draft anyway. <laughs> I think it's a really good hire, but it's not something that I'm like, oh, he's going to fix Russell Wilson. So the thing that worries me with it is that, you know, we saw what he did. With worries you as a Chiefs fan? Worries me as a Chiefs fan because we saw what Sean Payton did with Drew Brees, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of his run in New Orleans. It was very like he, good, and Drew Brees had a noodle arm. Exactly. And it's like he just he called the perfect offense to get Drew Brees in a rhythm. Drew Brees did not have an issue checking the ball down. I don't believe Russell Wilson does either. We've just always praised him on having that, you know, that deep ball accuracy and being able to drop in the basket with, you know, the high-arcing type of passes. And you're going to get Sean Payton in there that's going to go, hey, okay, I can find us an offensive line. I can get these guys rolling. I get a running game going with it as well. And then coming off of that, it's like Denver has the weapons already. Like we know oh, that. yeah. We know They've had everything. The offensive offensive line has been solid. Tight end's good. Receivers are deep. Mm-hmm. Running backs are incredibly good. Yeah. They've got to get healthy. And then adding Russell Wilson in there. Right? Maybe Russell Wilson is good again. It just It doesn't scare me. That much. I'm not saying the Broncos can't be good. I think they definitely can be. Sean Payton, a wonderful coach. Yeah, but I, even the higher is just like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, even when the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson, I was like, oh, shit. This is going to be bad for the Chiefs. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> well, I think, you know, part of that, again, too, is with Nathaniel Hackey. He's never been a head coach before. He's been an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And he had a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers yep. to kind of lead the way for him. And, you know, we always hear about Aaron Rodgers really not liking, you know, the play calling, but he loved Nathaniel Hackey. So, to me, it's kind of like what's been the separation with that where, you know, Aaron Rodgers is upset with the coach, but he loves Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett gets to Denver, clearly doesn't work out with Russell Wilson. If Sean Payton can figure that out, if he can be that difference maker, kind of help carry some of those extra yards there or, you know, situation to help Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. I do think it can be scary. Yeah. Let's say Kansas City does win the Super Bowl. Let's just roll with a hypothetical. How many players are lackadaisical again? Oh, yeah. Complacent. Yep. And then here comes the rest of the AFC West. The Chargers are pissed off. They have a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, by the way, who was jobless for about a total of 30 minutes before he got that job. Mm-hmm. And then you get Sean Payton with the Broncos. It's like, you know, we talked about, you know, them going and spending a bill, or I should say I have, you know, the AFC West goes and spends a billion dollars to stop the Chiefs. 
they did that with players. Now they're dealing with coaches, and it's like, oh, fuck. They find the right coaches. That's going to be hard to match up with, especially if Andy Reid does retire, if the Chiefs hypothetically win the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's, That's what I'm going to get real nervous. It's a fun hypothetical. It would be sad. I would miss him, Yeah, clearly, but I do think it's a real possibility. Like confidence meter that Andy Reid retires if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of ifs there. I would put it at 85%. I'd just because I just wonder if you'd have the little itch. Like, Mahomes would be like, hey, let's mm-hmm. do it again. We'll be fine. Yeah, one more ride. Yeah. Let's try to repeat. Let's get like, another set of yeah. receivers. <laughs> and maybe that's a thing that is in their minds. Again, hypothetical. I think the Eagles have a very good possibility of winning this game. I'm not that dumb. But yeah, I mean, hypothetical, I could see Andy Reid saying, okay, let's try to repeat. Let's try to do this. Repeating is very difficult. Let's try to do it. And if it works, it works, whatever. Uh, another little fun exercise is something that was sent to us by a couple different listeners. And it's the all-time Andy Reid Eagles versus the all-time Andy Reid Chiefs. So they put it out. I think this was like the, the I, don't, I don't remember who it came from. A great little graphic comparing the greats from Andy Reid's time with the Kansas City Chiefs and the greats from Andy Reid's time with the Philadelphia Eagles, who obviously, as we all know, are meeting each other in the Super Bowl. So what I wanted to do is we're going to run down this list of offensive players for both teams and just kind of decide who has the better unit. So like quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, O-line. Let's start with the quarterback where I think it's very obvious and easy. Patrick Mahomes versus Donovan McNabb. Mm-hmm. It, we just talked about Patrick Mahomes for a very long time. <laughs> I, he's, he's not the GOAT yeah. yet. Patrick Mahomes has the arm that Donald McNabb wished he had, which I'm sure every quarterback would say, right? But I feel like Donald McNabb wanted to play that way, and it was just limited to having to stay in the pocket and dissect defenses. Mm-hmm. It, is Patrick Mahomes, like, is he the Magic Johnson of football? You know, because, like, LeBron always gets like, oh, he's the next Jordan. But he's actually, he's the next Magic Johnson. 100%. He just, he's the better version of Magic Johnson, which is crazy to think about. But with Mahomes, like the flashy plays, which obviously Jordan had those two. Mm-hmm. But it feels like Mahomes might be more of that level of player. And I think you, you might be right. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I just, you know, I was too young to know or, you know, I haven't really heard any of this about Michael John or Magic Johnson, excuse me. But I feel like Michael Jordan had that killer instinct. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something true. we see Patrick Mahomes have as mm-hmm. well, where like, it's time to put your foot on their throat. He's going to do it, and he's going to do it himself. Yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely takes the game in his own hands, and rarely like we've seen. But the Eagles are great. I know that we have two Chiefs fans talking about this. I think that one's very easy. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is better. At the running back position, the, they went with Jamal Charles for the Chiefs and Brian Westbrook for the Eagles. I love Brian Westbrook. Jamal Charles one of my favorite players. Oh, yeah, I mean – I think he is, you know, those last two years from not being injured to probably being a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I know that might sound crazy, but, I mean, this is the dude that kind of helped transition, you know, the NFL that have been to being more pass-happy to your running back and letting your running back just catch these screen balls and go eat. I feel like the mm-hmm. NFL was kind of starting to trend that way. Here comes Jamal Charles, Andy Reid matches up with him, and it's like, boom, there he goes. I mean, he was the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs that first year that Andy Reid was there with Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Like there, yeah. that year, they didn't have a single receiver score a touchdown. The receiver didn't have a receiving right. touchdown until they brought in Jeremy Macklin the next year. Mm-hmm. 
And how about, uh, so I'm going Jamal Charles. I, I think I that well. he's the better running back. Brian Westbrook, great. Here's where we get into uh, a good one. The receivers and tight ends. Tyreek Hill, Dwayne Bowe, Travis Kelsey versus Terrell Owens, Deshaun Jackson, and Chad Lewis, who I vaguely remember. Yeah, I was going to say. Not to just keep going with this, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the only thing from the Eagles would be T.O., but even with that, like he just dealt with numerous injuries. Like T.O. over – tenure with the Eagles. As, as a whole career, mm-hmm. I'll take T.O. over Tyreek. Yes. But when you throw in Travis Kelsey versus Chad Lewis, who Travis Kelsey, I know that I'm like one of the few that is like, whoa, let's pump the brakes on him being the greatest tight end of all time. He's up there. He's top five. Oh, easily. He probably top three. I think he ends his career as the best tight end. I think he's got a really good chance to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not solid six more years of a career. I don't know how dominant it's going to be. But mm-hmm. I think it's going to be one of those shows like freaking Travis Kelsey once again. And when you look at this last matchup, it's Dwayne Bowe and Deshaun Jackson. Personally, I'll take Deshaun Jackson, but I can't help but wonder what Dwayne Bowe would look like mm-hmm. with you know consistent and reliable quarterback play. Yeah, because he is that receiver that I think this Chiefs offense could desperately mm-hmm. use. So if we just went receivers, I would I would probably take Eagles as well. Mm-hmm. Since I lumped in tight end position with Travis Kelsey there too, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs. It's it's kind of surprising that. Andy Reid didn't have a better tight end in Philadelphia. I know. I wonder if it all transitioned because of Kelsey, because we kind of heard Kelsey talk about it a little bit, where you know he had that first year, and then Andy Reid was like, okay, we can kind of you know branch off of this and give you more opportunities to spread out and kind of into the slot and then let you eat, and they were having success with this. So I think Kelsey was just kind of been a difference maker, the turn, position, the tight end position, including Gronk, because it was about that same time where those guys really started taking over the league. Yeah, and, and Travis Kelsey not being you know in line, right? Uh, definitely, uh, and obviously they didn't have anything like that in Philadelphia with Andy Reid there. But he didn't really utilize those tight ends before. I think he probably got Travis Kelsey. He was like, "Oh, this guy's different. He's very special." Again, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Now here is where I go advantage. Eagles finally is the <laughs> offensive line. So I'm glad I can stop sounding so biased. <laughs> The Kansas City Chiefs offensive line has not been good. I still don't think it's great. It's almost scary. <laughs> like looking at this. Uh-huh. Yeah, you have Eric Fisher, Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Mitch Schwartz, and Creed Humphrey. Those are pretty solid guys. I will just go out and say, Eric Fisher, I think he was really solid, but he wasn't anything special. He was just a reliable starter until mm-hmm. he tore his Achilles. It's crazy because I almost think that he gets a little bit overrated because he was the number one overall pick. Oh, 1,000%. You know? I mean, and Whereas most guys that don't live up to the hype, it's like, oh, he was a bust. Like, he wasn't a bust. He wasn't that great either. Mm-mm. He just he came in and did his job. Like, he, again, just was a starter. You know, he just kind of held the position down. It wasn't it wasn't anything fantastic, but it wasn't anything that was absolutely awful. There were some, you know, poor-timed penalties that always seemed to take place for Eric Fisher, and then Madden took advantage of that and pissed me off on the video game. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> and then looking at the Eagles side of things, They've, they've got some players that I really love. Uh, Jason Peters, John Runyon, Jermaine Newberry, Sean Andrews, and Jason Kelsey. To me, that's advantage Eagles no, <laughs> yeah. all day. It's, hard, it's really hard to argue that one. But then let's, let's say we get to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive events, Tom Bahali and Justin Houston in Kansas City, Trent Cole and Hugh Douglas for the Eagles. I might go defensive line there for the Chiefs. Because then you throw in Chris Jones and Don Terry Poe, and then you get Mike Peterson and Fletcher Cox for the Eagles. Even like Justin Houston and Chris Jones together, I think overthrows that list. When we look at the Eagles, it's mainly going to be Fletcher Cox. 
Yeah. And I think that was a close one, but I would probably go advantage Chiefs. Tom Bahali and Justin Houston were really good. They're almost flash players, though. I feel bad for those two because those are the guys that got released and then the Chiefs went and won the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Yeah. Like their era ended for Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew to come in. And then, then literally they won the Super Bowl. And it's like everybody forgot. Like Derek Johnson's a part of that as well. And it's like everybody forgot about that. Yeah. They just completely ignored the fact that those players were no longer on the team. And here comes Patrick Mahomes leading the way. And it's just like, well, deuces. Yeah. I think that one's really close. Maybe the closest one that we've had so far. But I will go advantage Chiefs. A little bit of that is recency bias with Chris Jones, who's having oh, for sure. a great year. And then the game that he had against the Bengals. The Chiefs don't win that game without Chris Jones. Oh, there's no way. And did you hear that Chris Jones said that they didn't move him around on the defensive line in the regular season game because they wanted to prepare for it for the possibility in the playoffs? I heard some people saying that. I don't remember who it was. It was like Chris Jones said it in a post like post game yeah. interview. I also heard saw somebody else tweeting and being like highlighting like here he was moved to a different position. But also I don't know. People could have grabbed a, a screen grab from another year. Yeah. You know, where the, the year before this season, he was moved all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Whatever they did worked on Sunday. Way I don't care Spags. if it was the first time they did it or the hundredth time. It worked. I want to give credit to Spags, too, because he called a excellent game defensively for the Kansas City Chiefs when, in moments like that in years past, being a Chiefs fan, we watched the defense crumble. They didn't crumble this year, like really at all throughout the season, and especially in the playoffs. They've stepped up. And been fantastic. And I can't wait to see what they do against the Eagles. We'll talk about that game a lot on Sunday, I'm assuming. Yeah. But, like, boy, that's going to be fun. Uh, looking at the linebackers, um, again, maybe just a little bit biased here. Derek Johnson and Anthony Hitchens are the linebackers for the Chiefs. And then you have Jeremiah Trotter and Ike Reese for the Eagles. It's going to be hard for me to choose anything against Derek Johnson. And honest, honestly, this is Derek Johnson versus Jeremiah Trotter. Anthony say, Hitchens is terrible. And Ike Reese, I don't remember him. I just, I really don't know those names for the Eagles. I'll just be completely honest. You know, Andy Reid with the Eagles as a head coach, I definitely knew. In terms of who we had on defense, outside of Brian Dawkins, mm-hmm. I'll be completely honest with you, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's so. Like, I, just, I didn't feel like there was any of those big names from Philadelphia that were studs in the NFL when I was growing up that I knew of. Like, that was a household name. Linebacker, too, not good. Not a lot of great linebackers coming through. Uh, on either one of those. Yeah. But the secondary, looking at the secondary, uh, the Chiefs have a very talented secondary that they've picked here. Marcus Peters, Legereus Sneed, Tyron Matthew, Eric Berry, and Kendall Fuller versus the Eagles of Troy Vinson, Lito Shepard, Brian Dawkins, Quentin Michael, and Al Harris. I'm going with the two Hall of Famers, Troy Vincent and Brian Dawkins. I'm going to advantage Eagles on this one. I'm going to be biased. <laughs> this Chiefs team would, would beat the Eagles. I, I think that is a very, very good roster. But even looking at guys like Lito Shepard, Lito Shepard might go down as a better player than than Legereus Sneed. Mm-hmm. Troy Vinson is probably going to go down as a better player than Marcus Peters. Brian Dawkins way better than (laughs) anybody else that is listed here. (laughs) Like that's a guy that just struck fear in America. Yeah. I mean, he's probably one of my favorite players. He's probably top five safety, maybe top three. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, after Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu, it might be Brian Dawkins. Ronnie Lott's got to be up there, too. Yeah. And Steve Atwater. Like, that's their tier. That tier is damn good. But Brian Dawkins is up there. So I'm going to take those guys. I think that we look at a guy like Marcus Peters, who right now, it's like, oh, he's top corner. Yeah. For how long, though? I feel like two years, he was real good. He's really, he dropped off this year. It was the last year that he dealt with the injury, and we just didn't, I don't know if that kept nagging through him throughout the Mm -hmm. season, but I just. I don't think he was injured this year, and if he was, I do apologize because I do not remember hearing about it, to be completely honest with you. And LeJarius Sneed, he's been great so far. He's very young. Except for him knocking himself out four mm-hmm. plays into the AFC Championship game. Here's maybe a controversial take with Tyron Matthew. He's really good for two years. Yeah. I don't know if he belongs on this list for the Chiefs. Like I know he won a Super Bowl with him, and he was an all-pro and a pro bowler, da-da-da-da. But then at the same time, I was like, who else are you going to put there? Right. Mm-hmm. And then Eric Berry is fantastic. Yeah. I can't say anything negative about him. It's, I wish he would have just gone over the day-to-day and just come back and played. That might be my only like complaint with it. Mm-hmm. You know, Everyone's like, oh, Eric Berry's day-to-day. Yeah, he's day-to-day for four months. <laughs> Can he play or not? Yeah. That, and that was a running thing with those safeties, too. Or, you know, even Tyran. Is he going to mm-hmm. play? Is he going to cover somebody, or is he just going to throw his hands in the air? Should've, oh, thanks, Daniel Sorensen. I was going to say, should have put Daniel Sorensen on this <laughs> list. That might have swayed my vote. I, I will say advantage Eagles on the secondary, though. Yeah. Um, I'll Because Troy Vincent and Brian Dawkins is there, I'll switch my mind, and I'll agree with you. Yeah. Just so there's no – I don't want anyone coming out and be like, oh, my God, it's just Chiefs just soaking them off. Dude. I think those – yeah. <laughs> those guys were just so good for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brian Dawkins was probably good for 12 years in the NFL. And that's Tyron Matthew was good for maybe two. Eric Berry probably had, what, eight to ten? When did Troy Vincent play? Like, what years? Those early 2000s, late 90s. Okay. So that's fine with me not being fully mm-hmm. engrasped with who those Eagles guys are, aside yep. from Brian Dawkins. Advantage whole team, though, if we're picking a team to win this. And, again, I just, it comes across as probably bias. I think it's the Chiefs. I think, I mean, I think it's fair too because I mean, we saw Andy Reid come to Kansas City, and there was the immediate success. I feel like it and took one a of these bit teams to kind of get there with the Eagles, mm-hmm. and then like Andy Reid did win a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It happened. He got real close with the Eagles a bunch of times. Three NFC Championship games, is that right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, like he did win it with the Chiefs. He's been to five AFC Championship games, three Super Bowls now with the Chiefs. It's just it's a little bit of a different era. A lot of this talk today maybe does sound anti. Philadelphia Eagles. I rooted for them the whole playoffs. Oh, wow. Jalen Hurts is one of the players I root for the hardest. I think that he is a phenomenal person. I'm even cautious to say that anymore, but I feel pretty confident I can say that about Jalen Hurts. It's only come back to bite me one time. What would you say about him? That he's a phenomenal person. Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't see it with the Eagles all year, and then we get to the playoffs, and... There's a part of me that wants to be like, hey, you know, they beat the Giants and they played up a bang-up uh, San Francisco 49ers fan. But that's like the, the deep Chiefs fan inside of me. But at the same time, it's like you got to look at the Eagles for who they are. Their offensive line is fantastic. They win in the trenches mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Great receivers. Dallas Goddard is a very reliable tight end. The defensive line is great. And the defense, I mean, they just they're freaking everywhere. Like, yes. You know, Brock Purdy is dealing with an injury. Elbow injury goes down early. I don't think it mattered in that game. Like, I think that defense was going to eat him alive. And it's part of the reason why he got hurt. I mean, Hassan Reddick for the Eagles, I mean, just played lights out the whole freaking game. Yep. I mean, even he he was one of those guys. I don't know how I did it. I kind of just forgot that he was an Eagle. Yeah. Boom. 
just balls out in the playoffs. And if the Chiefs lose, I'm going to be upset. But I will be happy for the Eagles. Uh, yeah, so I will not be. I'll be honest about that. If the Chiefs lose, I will be very upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I'll still be able to look at it and be like, well, at least at least it was the Eagles. If I could pick a team, if God came down and he's like, hey, Chiefs are going to lose, you get to pick the team that beats them. Eagles be one of those teams that I would consider. Yeah. Like the 49ers, ugh, no. No, God, no. I might have just for the redemption. The Cowboys, no thank you. Like, because I've got to choose an NFC team. Eagles probably be the team that I would pick. Yeah. Sure as hell wouldn't be the Buccaneers again. No, wouldn't want that. Maybe the Vikings? Yeah, maybe. Like just like I'm thinking of teams that like actually had a shot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would right, like playoff teams. The NFC. Yeah, mm-hmm. not the Giants either. Mm-hmm. That's great. I just wouldn't want to see it. So yeah, the Eagles. For the me. Cowboys would have been just so annoying if they won. Like they, like the Cowboys fans, you know, they just they never would have won winning the Super Bowl and two beating Mahomes and the Chiefs would just be like my God. I really like both of these teams. I really do. I hate both their fan bases. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles, like, you almost have to respect just how shitty they are. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't even say shitty. Whole... Like, I should just disrespectful, I think, is maybe the right term there. Yeah, I mean, these and are the people that booed and threw batteries at Santa Claus. Hey, like, they have been bad fans for my entire life. Yeah, I mean, you hear former players, Chris Sims talk about it all the time. I was like, hey, that was the one place my dad wouldn't let me go to a game. Like, I had to reach a certain age before I went because the fans were ruthless. Like, the fans would yell at players as kids and, or their family. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah well, you so saw ruthless. even Joey Bosa going to the game to cheer on his brother Nick. And fans are outside, like, giving him I shit. Be, I thought that was hilarious. Oh, I find it so annoying. Like, even in the stands. Like, I just – and the reason is because Joey Bosa is that player that you know wants to get in a fight. And – we talked about the Bosa's the other day. Was, you know, they just sound like they'd be jerks or whatnot off the mm-hmm. field. I think those, and I mean this as long as I think they're the dumb jocks that were really good at football, and they remained good at football. They definitely have life, that, that and they vibe. Never too. were anything else other than football players. Like that's how I feel like they both are and how they both talk. They they made it very far on that yeah, way. I, mean, I do agree with they, you. They made it to the top. And I mean, I say that as respectfully as possible. <laughs> both Bosa brothers, right? Like I take that life. Like, yeah, yeah, I got to be a little bit dumber, but I look like Nick Bosa. Yeah, because I'm be that. rich, bitch. So when he's yelling back at the fans, and the fans are like, I am too. And you can tell Bosa's like, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Like, that's oh, no. I, I play football, and I'm rich, and my girlfriend's smoking hot. <laughs> right? Yeah, they, they didn't have much to say about that. I, do, I think both fan bases are pretty bad. Uh, I tweeted something about the Eagles being uh, really good. Like, hey, you're blowing out mm-hmm. another team. And 49ers fans, all in my mentions. 49ers fans, also a top-tier shit fan base. They just always have a lot to say. I'll say the, the maybe the four worst fan bases in the NFL are the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, and the New York Jets. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys got to be up there as well. I've never had Cleveland any problems Browns. with the, the – And the Cleveland Browns. I See, I've never had a problem with either one I of those. I also love the uh, diehard Ravens fans who just – Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and now you don't hear a peep about it. But even like Browns fans, like I was very anti Baker Mayfield for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. We're still super supportive of me. Like, hey, we get it. You hate our quarterback, but you know, here's my point of view. 
Like, oh, that's respectful. Hey, man, we're just happy to have one. Yeah. <laughs> still hate your quarterback, though. So agree to disagree. I got a lot of Browns fans that are I'm real cool with. Those are my top four. And I am a part of one of them. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs. It is like seeing the other side of Chiefs fans is. And maybe it's just because I see so much of the stuff that they put out there. Oh, I mean, yeah, you, you see know, the the bloggers and things yeah. like that. That just every free agent that could be possible. There's or probably the an article out just... there that's like, "Hey, we're going to sign Lamar Jackson, move him to receiver." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you can probably find that on ChiefsKingdom.com <laughs> or whatever it is. So I don't Probably. know. They just they annoy me because some of it is just irrational. But again, we live in this area. We're both in Missouri. Maybe it is that I see a lot of it, but they're just so dumb sometimes. Yeah. And they're very much becoming the villain. They have become the villain. The Kansas City Chiefs are the villain now. And I think like it, it's kind of reached a point where they just. Ex- I don't even know if I should say they accepted it because they didn't say like they didn't accept it last week in terms of like. Talking shit back to the Bengals. It was like, uh, I thought like, they did a really good job of like, like subtly mentioning it. And then it was like, oh, hey, everything you said, yeah, we definitely heard it. We just decided not to say anything about it, but now we're going to. And like, that's the way I like it to be. Mm-hmm. Or Chris Jones coming out and being like, yeah, we'll see you at Burrowhead. Mm-hmm. I like that yeah. as a fan. I did. And, and the hype videos the Chiefs came out with, man, bad time to be a brick wall last week. <laughs> and I know it's going to be again leading into the Super Bowl because. Mm-hmm. You know what? I almost no. need someone to take a video of me running through a brick wall so I can use that. I will be that guy for you mm-hmm. all the time. Let's do it. I'll, I will do that for you. We have to like build the wall so I can actually run through. Now I can find one. There's. I'm looking at one. Yeah, that's called the concussion. <laughs> Those aren't that bad. We got to set it up. Perfectly. I will, and I will say with the the trash talk that happened between the Bengals and the Chiefs, I'm okay with Eli Apple calling it Burrowhead. When you're three and zero. I don't think you would talk. I called it Burrowhead. I think it was Hilton. Oh yeah, Hilton. I think yeah. yeah. I might be wrong on him too. I, I'm good with it though. Like if yeah. you want to, you want to win three games in a row at a place that's very tough to play, and then call it Burrowhead. Mm-hmm. Go for it. If they would have backed it up, it would have sucked for the Chiefs fans. So like Joe Burrow, the outfit that he was wearing, I don't know if anyone picked up on the there, pink one. So the pink outfit, it was from a brand called Sorry in Advance. So that's why everyone kept saying that on Twitter during the game, sorry in advance, sorry in advance, because that's the the brand, the company that Joe Burrow was wearing walking in the stadium okay. with me in pink and the teddy bear and everything. Yeah. And I had tweeted that going, I think, into halftime or the second interception at some point. And then the Bengals kind of made their way back. I was very close to deleting the tweet because I was like, I have jinxed this. I sent a tweet that said, I'm starting to feel sorry for Joe Burrow. Mm. And I think that there's even a reply to it. It's like, hey, delete that. Or there's a DM that's like, take it down. Please really? stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got one. I don't remember what it was. But I was like, no, I'm riding with this. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it. I told you, though, I went to church that Sunday, and I was like, this is happening. This is going to happen. It's God's a Chiefs fan. Okay. I was like, <laughs> what, 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 what was going to happen? God's a Chiefs fan. <laughs> He's going to help Mahomes run 18 miles an hour around the corner to get a third down and get shoved out of bounds. Just what I hurt himself. Praise God. He's got a new ankle. God is good. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited about the Super Bowl matchup, though. We'll be back to talk about it uh, next week. We do appreciate everybody that joined us tonight to talk about it, break it down. We'll be back um, on Sunday night talking about more sports, probably previewing some of the Super Bowl, uh, not watching the Pro Bowl, Mm-mm. not watching the Pro Bowl. All right, we thank you guys, and we will talk to you again real soon.